is in. It's Hello, and welcome to Cannon Fodder, an all-things Arsenal podcast. I'm Fred. I'm Tim. Arsenal have won away at Old Trafford for the first time since 2006. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we are here to talk about it. Uh, it's Come our on, first, son. It is our first away win against the Big Six uh, since 2015-16 season. Yeah. It's a little bit sad to say both of those things, but at the same time, it feels very good <laughs> yeah. for for that for it to be true we've we've won a game finally um so today we are going to be talking through the game chronologically the chances created how we lined up all that sort of stuff and then we're going to get into some kind of specific individual performances that we want to highlight um that we kind of noticed that were super encouraging because there really weren't that many downsides to this game i can't really think of a player who had a a out and out bad game um so before we get into it tim uh Tell me your listening or your watching experience for that game. How do you feel? Man, it was a great game to watch for me. Um, I know probably just like a neutral, you know, fan or just a casual observer probably thought it was a boring game because it was pretty tactical, but dude, I loved it. It was good. (laughs) It was, I mean, we kept our shape. We were so defensive. Um, those things aren't inherently bad or inherently boring. And I was stoked. I was like, this is, I don't know. It felt good. It just felt good to win. And it also felt good to, I don't know. I've, I felt like we really outplayed United. Yeah. And I kind of think Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is like the luckiest manager in the world right now. Cause I think he should get sacked, but I, how many times has that been said? That's the funny part about them in yeah. that situation. And this isn't a Man U podcast, so we're about to move on. But like, he's had, they've had so many false dawns. They've beaten PSG in the Champions League twice. <laughs> and it's been like, all right, time to go. And then they just beat RB Leipzig. 5-0. Um, 5-0 in the Champions League. That's a crazy result. That's a great result. And then we showed up and put them back where they <laughs> belong. Put them back in their place. Put them um, back where they belong. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it was a great game to watch. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the game itself. Um, starting with the lineup, it was an interesting one. Uh, it wasn't. We weren't sure if it was going to be a back three or a back four. Um, yeah, a few interesting selections, maybe a few disappointing ones. Uh, but yeah, how did you feel about that lineup? Um, it wasn't. I want. I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it was a little bit for me, if I'm being completely honest, because I didn't want to see Lacazette start because I thought he had yeah. played poorly in the last couple games, and I didn't really want to see Williams start either because, and maybe it's being harsh, but you know, for me, he the only game that he kind of showed a lot of what we're expecting from someone as experienced as him was in the Fulham game against opposition that was kind of shite to be honest (laughs) and they're proving week in and week out how truly shite they are but you know so for me i just wasn't i wasn't excited when i saw william and lacazette because i was just like man fuck these guys not and i don't mean (laughs) that to be like you know down on them i want to support the team like i'm trying to be as positive as i can but just as like a in a selfish fan way it's not what i wanted i wanted to see eddie or alba through the center and I yeah. wanted to see Pepe on the right. Um, yeah. Cause I, I just feel like, 
you know, I, I don't know tactically what Arteta is trying to do. And obviously the game worked out. So don't listen to anything I'm saying, but just a, <laughs> on a fan perspective, you know, and, and I think it's interesting too. other people have said this, but it's so funny to me if, if you're like looking on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever, from like when they announce the lineups to when the game starts, people lose their shit they lose their minds man it is yeah. so funny to me and i almost i did a little bit too because i texted you like 30 seconds after the lineups when i was like what the <laughs> hell is this like a zen and well yeah the fuck? i was like yeah being so stupid about it but yeah other than that you know holding being in the back line to me was a huge positive because i thought it was going to be uh gabriel mustafi and i thought it was going to be a back three with uh kieran tyranny playing on the left side of the back three but yeah. i don't know when i saw holding I was like, okay, I like that because I like yeah. holding. I think he is a good defender. I think he, I don't even think we've seen the best of him yet. You know, and the whole El Nini thing, you know, I told you like as soon as it came out, I was like, I'm glad El Nini's in there. I understand like the athleticism, the running. He yeah. always is available and gives you options. I think it's going to work because he's going to feed the ball into Partey a lot. So, yeah, which might have been controversial. I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, up in arms about that, but I don't know. I'm not going to say I called it, but I definitely understood <laughs> why it would make sense. I thought it would make sense. Um, and also yeah. think that El Nini has actually played pretty well, um, you know, since he's come back from uh, his loan from Besiktas or whatever. However I you thought say, he's played yeah. well. I thought, I thought he's really, I thought he has played well. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I agree with all that. It's funny. You say the whole El Nini thing. You don't want to say that you called it, but we all, anyone that's heard you talk, which is basically just me, um, cause I don't know <laughs> is fucking listen to this shit yeah, right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but uh, you, you love El Nini. Um, so I know you were stoked. That was okay, one of the big, that's, you know, that's okay, good. go ahead. We're going to, oh, wait, wait, no, wait. No, no, we're going to nip we'll it in the bud later. later. We'll do this later. We'll do this we're going <laughs> to, you know what you're about. doing. You know what you're doing right now. And I don't, I'm getting a rise. It. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting a rise out of you, Tim. Um, but no, we'll talk about the specific performance Cheeky of El Nini. Bastard. A little bugger. Um, and then I like that you brought up holding too, because I think uh, he had a great game. We'll get into the specifics of that later. Um, but I also think it was really cool because it was two seasons ago, two years ago, whatever, that he uh, tore his ACL at Old Trafford away. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a cool redemption story for him. Yeah, I think it's significant. And I and also, you know, I mean, I don't want to keep going on and on about this, but like, I think little um, kind of points in a season like that create a really interesting narrative for the season yeah. um, as a fan and as a team. Cause you got to think like how pumped was holding to come back to the ground where he got that bad injury at yeah. play really well, g- grind out like a really important win. Yeah. You know, like just for a moment, keep a clean sheet as a club. Yeah. yeah. To keep a clean sheet, you know, and to have the manager say what he said about him afterwards and just mm. like, that's just going to do so much for your team because when you have somebody and just from experience, I know this, when you have somebody coming back from injury in your team and they're playing well, it gets everyone buzzing, dude. You're pumped. You're absolutely pumped. So yeah, I think, I think that kind of stuff is huge for the overall just narrative of what happens in a season for a club, because those little things provide momentum. They provide impetus. They give like other people in the team that are, you know, someone like Nelson or somebody like Eddie who or Joe Willick who aren't, you know, playing a lot. Yeah. It gives them that that idea of like, man, I can take my chances. I can rise to the moment just like he did. So, yeah. 
more of it is what I say more of it. Yeah, seriously. And it's a really cool story. Um, like we said, for him, just like personally, that redemption story. And yeah, like you said, you never know what that can do behind the scenes in a dressing room, even for holding personally. What if he's that right-sided center back or that partner to, uh, to Gabrielle that we, we need, you know, he looked very good before he got that injury two seasons ago and he might find, refine that form and get even better from there. Cause he's still 23, 24. He's a young guy, especially young for a center back. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool thing um, that uh, was a bit of a side note, but we'll get into some more specific player performances later, but moving in to the first half um, before we talk about the specific chances Arsenal created um, and we did have the vast majority of chances in that first half. Um, how did you feel about the overall pattern of play? You know, was it a back three? Was it a back four? How'd you see that first half unfolding before we get into those specific opportunities Arsenal created? First off, I thought the first half was great. It was yeah. a little worrying to me at the end of it. Um, but we'll get onto that. But cause it, it, it felt like the first half of the Leicester game to me where we yeah. did create some chances. I mean, albeit they weren't as clear cut as the lesser chances. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did create some chances. Um, and I don't know. I, I just feel like for that first half and against United, we worked really hard. We yeah. kept our, I mean, it was so disciplined and it was, and I don't want to say choreographed. A, a lot of people use that word and I, it's appropriate, but I feel like these players are really keyed into what Arteta wants them to do. You know, he talked so much and so eloquently last season about, you know, us suffering together and getting yeah. rewards for that kind of thing. And you can see the players running so hard. They're keeping their positions. They're keeping their shape. They're fighting for each other. It, it, it was good to watch us be as disciplined as we were. Yeah. Um, and and to me, that's really important because especially at the end of the Wenger era, so many Arsenal fans were calling for a team that just had more tactical discipline, that had more of a plan, that had yeah. a little more steel in it. And so it was really encouraging to me to see Gabriel and Partey, mm. who looked to be like freaking bargains at this yeah. point, you know, yeah. which might be going too far, but especially Gabriel. I mean, he's 22 years old. He's playing incredible. He had a great game. Um, yeah. Partey, El Nini, they're playing really well. So yeah, us keeping the shape, we're closing down United's passing lanes. We're yeah. smothering them in midfield and in, in, in the way we're pressing. I don't think we're sitting deep in the first half. We're pressing really well, causing yeah. a lot of turnovers for them. And they were getting frustrated. And I love that. Like totally. I love going away and playing, you know, in a very aggressive way that's disciplined, that's frustrating them. I love that. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think a, a, a like kind of a big point about that first half that I noticed um, and that I've heard kind of talked about on Twitter or on other podcasts or whatever, but I definitely noticed it um, in this first half. And we kind of talked about it off air a little bit. Um, you know, we don't have that number 10 type creative midfielder that's going to dribble the ball well, pass the ball between the lines and really, really drive us forward from a creative standpoint. Um, but I think that what Arteta has leaned into, and this ties into what you were saying about our shape and our discipline and our pressing, he's leaned into making us a very formidably pressing team, if that is yeah. even a word, yeah. to win the ball back in the their defensive third 
And that creates chances for you. It creates um, odd man rushes. Um, it creates just all sorts of um, just good opportunities. Um, in lieu of having that creative midfielder, our pressing just gave us a lot of opportunities in this game. But speaking of those opportunities, we'll get into just a few of them. I think there were four big ones there in that first half. Um, you had Alba at the back post, barely not getting onto the end of a Bellerin cross. Um, you had William with a shot off of the bar. Um, and I think... Williams, a player we're going to touch on later. Um, that would have been really good for him and his Arsenal career to if that shot would have gone in. But I think the interesting thing about those two chances is um, Aubameyang's positioning. Uh, he was able in this game to drift inside, drift into the middle. So many people have been calling out, us included, for him to start as the central striker instead of on the left wing. But this game, he was allowed to drift centrally, and it led to opportunities for him it led to opportunities for other players and it's something you touched on that we talked about off air and that you've you've even kind of mentioned here thomas party and especially muhammad el nini were covering so much ground and doing so much dirty work not just defensively and cutting off their passing lanes but doing so much good pressing that Aubameyang didn't have to come back down the touchline to help the defense out. He got to stay up. He got to stay forward and drift inside because not only did he get to stay forward, but Bakayo Saka, who was nominally a left wing back, got to stay central in the midfield and then push up yeah. as well because those two were doing so much dirty work. Um, and that was really encouraging to see. So, um, yeah, those chances were were two of the big ones. Um, but what do you think? I feel like the big chance we – or you know, I don't even want to call it a big chance, but the two chances that really stood out to me were – that William shot that went yeah. off the top of the bar. You know, it's like it was such a good move and your and that's I know it's like his weaker foot, but I'm like, oh just you know, a foot lower, a tad bit less. You can't power. help but think if that's Pepe, it's oh, probably going in. Yeah, exactly. And we <laughs> talked about that. I was just like, yeah. I mean, that would be like just like the goal he got called off um in the FA Cup final that that freaking incredible shot yeah. that he banged in. Um, you know, it's like Pepe running into a shot like that. It's you just think, oh, that's a goal because that left foot of his is beautiful. Oh, but yeah. and then the soccer chance. Oh yeah, the header. Um, the header. You know, obviously yeah. he's not. He did so. He has scored a header this um this season, but that's not really his remit. It's not really what you think he's gonna you know make a run into the box. And he was in a really central kind of position too when he made that mm. header. But oh, that's got to be on target. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like a, a common thread, um, I think for that chance, that um, Saka header, and then for Aubameyang's chance at the back post that he just barely didn't get on the end yeah, of, yeah, yeah. was uh, Bellerin's delivery. I think it was yeah. fantastic today, specifically mm-hmm. in that first half. It was really good. Putting in great crosses. He was getting forward well. We didn't have a totally left-sided bias when we were attacking in our attacking play. We actually kind of switched stuff up a little bit. We went down the right side, and I think William playing better, like you said, not amazing, but better, um, you know, doing a solid job, which is an improvement on what he has done this season so far. Um, it really allowed Bellerin to get forward better. Um, and I, it's just encouraging to see Bellerin kind of coming back to his best yeah, sort of seriously. form offensively. It's going to be super helpful for us to be able to build play up on both sides. Cause if we have that right side clicking, whether it's William or Pepe or whomever clicking with Bellerin over there, that's going to allow Aubameyang to drift central when the play is on the other side, he's going to be able to take up those central positions. Um, so yeah, those, those chances were all very good. Um, you know, we were on top. We had the better of the stats, the better the better of the possession, uh, passing accuracy, shots, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, but we still couldn't quite find the breakthrough at the end of the first half. And like you mentioned, you know, it was, it was a bit creepy. It was a bit ominous feeling, you know, yeah. it was like, is this going to be Lester 2.0? Are we going to get sucker punched in the second half? So how did you feel going into halftime, not taking those chances? How did you feel? I mean, it's so annoying how similar it felt to the Leicester game. Yeah, it was because crazy. In the Leicester game, I was like, you know, we were texting each other at halftime. I was like, you know, we played good. We got some chances. Like, I feel like we're going to come out in the second half and we're going to get something out of this game. And um, I don't want to rehash that, but it's like for the going into the second half, I felt really similar. I was like, we yeah. are dominating this game. Like yeah. we are not letting them do anything. They didn't have any significant chances. You know, Brent Leno barely had to make any saves. So going into the second half, I'm like yeah. thinking to myself, like, okay, we're doing well. Our game plan is working a hundred percent. We've had the chances and we are controlling what we're allowing them to do in a very effective way. Definitely. And so in the back of my mind, you got to think like, well, there's no way. I mean, there is a way because I don't think Solskjaer is a very good manager, but I'm like, <laughs> he's got to change something up. Either we like you like we got to like, you know, put on an attacking player or something and try to go for it or they have to switch up their system because they're not they can't deal with what we're giving them right now. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that in fairness to Solskjaer, even though I agree that he's not a good manager, he did do that. So going into the second half, they switched from a diamond in midfield to a 4-2-3-1. So that double pivot. Yeah. I'm not sure who was who, but you had um, Bruno Fernandes filling in at number 10. And I, I believe it was um, Fred and McTominay as that double pivot. Um, and then I think they pushed Pogba like out onto a wing or something weird like that. Um, yeah. But they switched their midfield of, up. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they switched their midfield up and that definitely allowed them to get a bit more of a foothold in the game without, like I said, still without yeah, creating sure. a whole lot of chances. I still felt like we pressed well. Albemiang had a really good chance um, that I think Lindelof's butt cheeks tipped wide. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when Lacazette was pressing well, won the ball back, and it was just the two of them on their own up there, um, a shot just wide. So we were still, I feel like in that second half, we still were sort of doing the same things, you know, and doing them well. Um, despite United kind of growing into the game a little bit, we were still pressing well. We were still solid as ever. Gabriel was just mopping stuff up, dealing with that yellow card that he got in the first half really, really well. Um, you know, some of the challenges, I'm not going to lie, uh, you know, you kind of had your 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 heart in your mouth a little bit oh, yeah. there that he was going to get a second yellow, but I, I appreciate how aggressive he is. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the, the way he plays, the way he defends. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that second half, I felt like we did the same things that we were doing. We we're pressing well, keeping our shape well, um, and not allowing them a whole lot of chances, um, until, uh, I believe it was the 65th minute or so, um, when Bellerin, uh, got taken down by Pogba in the box for that penalty. Um, and how, dude, how ironic was it that of all referees against all teams that it was Mike Dean giving Arsenal a penalty yeah, against Man crazy. United. It was wild. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. And I was <laughs> I was like, as soon as it happened, you know, we're standing up. We're like, that, that, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I I expected a hundred percent us not to get it. But to be fair to to old Dino, like he was pretty quick to point to the spot mm -hmm. and. 
Pogba couldn't really complain about it. You know, obviously yeah. everyone else was, but it was like clear cut. It was a straight up penalty. So yeah, yeah it felt good. It felt really yeah. good because I felt too that like, I don't think that was like necessarily like, I feel like that first or that second half started. And for the first like 15 minutes, I don't think that we were um, quite as aggressive as United were because they changed the system up. Yeah. They came out, you know, pretty aggressive and we got a hold of the game more. And so when we scored that penalty, for me, it was like, we were we were making some moves because it was a really good move because I think isn't El Nini gets the ball. Um, I can't remember exactly how it worked out. I didn't he really sprays it, it out to William yeah. on the right side, and William plays it in for Bellerin yeah. in behind. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a it's a good pass from El Nini. Yeah, and it's a good run from Bellerin, and it's just like William made the right pass. Yeah, and so many times you see our attacks break down. Because one of those things doesn't work. The the ball out wide gets intercepted or it's too far ahead. And the guy making the run is offside by the time they play it. So to me, it was like things are starting to click. And I just feel like it was was also, to me, it was really relieving. Because I'm like, we've been getting into dangerous areas all game. We've been making runs behind them. And now we finally are getting a reward from it. And obviously, I would rather score from open play. But at the same time, you know, in a game like this, which I think was really close, it was closely contested. Like, yeah, I think games like this are going to be won on fine margins, you know, so getting the penalty awarded <laughs> was like a breath of fresh air. I don't know if freaking Mike Donger Dinkle Dinelson or whatever the hell you want to know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if he's going to do that when there's like tens of thousands of United fans in a stadium screaming, yelling. You might him. not want to do it, but like, right. I'm glad we got it, and yeah. rightly so. I felt like it I was, was a little. I honestly was a little nervous when I saw Aubameyang was taking it because I was just like, oh god, like he's the penalty don't. taker nowadays. I man. know he's the guy, and, and in fairness to him, you do you remember? Uh, uh, it was maybe his first season, maybe a second season. He was taking those Ainsley Maitland Niles style penalties, not in his yeah, run-up, waiting for the keeper to move. Yes, and waiting for the in. keeper to move, and he missed a very high profile one that would have given us the win against Tottenham away. Yeah. When Ramsey scored that goal, when he was you know played onside because he started his run in the halfway mm-hmm. line, then he did that fucking iconic celebration. Um, it was back when Spurs were playing at Wembley, and Aaron Ramsey scores a goal, points at the pitch, pitch, yells yeah. yells to the oh, Tottenham fans, dude, "This is my on. pitch, dude." Sorry, that's a side note. Aaron Ramsey was my favorite Arsenal player. Yeah. Um, but anyways, RIP, um, dude. RIP, he's dead. No, he's over there playing <laughs> with fucking Ronaldo and having a great time. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, I felt like that penalty. Um, it was overall, it was a just reward for the way we were playing. I think it yeah. is it is conceivable that you could look at that game, the chances we had, and the very, like you said, fine margins by which we hadn't scored previously, and be like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It wouldn't be unheard of if Arsenal were two to three nil up right now. Because you look at some of those chances we had that we've already talked about in the first half. Lindelof, you know, we didn't even talk about this. Lacazette had a chance where he it would have been yeah. a tap in, and Lindelof's fucking pinky toe took it out of his path. Um, that chance that Aubameyang had early on in the second half where Lacazette pressed well, won it back, passed it to him. And it looked like at first Aubameyang just put the shot wide when we've seen him score that so many times. But exactly, it was a deflection off Lindelof. Lindelof is like, I don't think he's that great of a defender. I don't think he's as bad as people say. Um, But he luckily, I think very luckily, was just doing 
just enough to put a few of our chances off. So it was frustrating. Like we said, we had that little fear in the back of our minds that it was going to be Lester 2.0. We're not, we're going to have all the play, all the chances, dominate the game, not score and get sucker punched in the second half. But this game, that didn't happen. We got that penalty. Like you said, it was a just just reward for not only the way that we've been playing, but for the foul itself. Um, Pogba yeah. even owned up to it after the game. So we got that penalty. And dude, Abemyang slotted that thing away so convincingly. Oh, dude, even on. if De Gea would have jumped that direction, he, he on, would dude. not have touched it. So come yeah, on. such a good feeling. My goodness. Yeah, and dude, in the pub, I told you this. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I'm, I met this guy, Nick, um, who's from London. Um, and in in my you know, five side league. That shout out Nick. In. Yep. Shout out Nick. If you ever listen to this, geez, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we had tried to, uh, get together to watch the, um, Lester game, but it didn't work out. So we went to the pub and we watched, we were watching the United game yeah. and we get the penalty awarded. We're both standing up and he's on crutches. Cause in the game, uh, in our five side game last week, he plays on a different team, but, you know, he got just tackled really bad and like ripped some of the ligaments in his ankle. So he's on crutches and he's got a boot on. And uh, I mean, we're standing up. He's on his crutches. We're in this shitty bar in downtown <laughs> Savannah. And there's people in there trying to watch the Miami Dolphins play. <laughs> and there's just this, you know, from the lips out, you know, just from what I'm hearing from literally people in the bar being like, what's this foreign fella doing? it's me a foreign fella and one of our good buddy brooks who's not even an arsenal fan we're standing <laughs> up in the middle of this pub a bummying slots it in and we're hugging and we're yelling and nobody <laughs> around us understands how important this is they, they just think we're standing up in front of the tv that has the miami dolphins on and they're telling us to sit down and we're just like fuck yes yeah. <laughs> like losing our shit and it was like I almost knocked Nick down because he dropped his crutches to, to hug me. We're, it was it was awesome. It was yeah. it was like this massive cathartic release for me because I was like so tense about us not taking those chances because we didn't in the Leicester game, and yeah. to be fair, we didn't in the Man City game. Yeah, and so I was like, we cannot go not again. Yes, four please, games. not again. <laughs> I don't want to go four games, four defeats, and it be the same narrative. And so. Because even in the Liverpool game, we had chances yep. and we didn't take them. And in these big games, because those are four huge games all in a row, Liverpool, City, Leicester, Man United. Leicester and Man United are direct like competitors for the places that we can realistically finish in, in the top four, third yes. and fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so getting results against them is massive. So it was such a bummer, you know, like it was a hard result to take against Leicester, especially when I felt like we deserved more. So getting that penalty awarded, slotting it home, and then watching the way that we like sat back and defended. And it was nervy. I was yeah. I was scared after we scored that because I feel like that's when we really did sit back and we let them have possession. And I did not like that. I wanted us to keep pressing. I wanted us to keep playing the way we were, but... I can understand the emotional release of how important that goal is and just wanting to hang on. So I was yeah. really nervous the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think I think every Arsenal fan was. Um, you know, I, th I think another important thing to point out about that um, penalty goal um, for Aubameyang, he hadn't scored in five games. 
Um, And it was becoming a bit of a talking point that this prolific striker who's broken so many records for Arsenal and so many records for, you know, a player in his first couple of seasons in the Premier League in general, for the first time since he's been here, gone five games without scoring, he finally got that goal. And yes, it's a penalty, but it's still going to do him and the team just a massive amount of good. It's going to boost our confidence, all that sort of stuff that we finally got that reward for playing so well. And then I think, you know, that, that last 15 minutes where, you know, United had to come out of their shell and press forward and try and create chances and throw bodies forward. Um, I really appreciated the way Arteta handled that. You know, he put on Mustafi, he put on Eddie and Kedia, he put on Ainsley Maitland-Niles, players with legs. Mustafi's an out-and-out defender. He's another center back. So we really set up to weather the storm, to sort of batten down the hatches and just weather that late United push. Um, and it, it worked out. And I think that that's also equally as important for the players, for them to trust Arteta. Not not, not as though they, they don't. Obviously, they do. Um, and, they, and they've all talked about that in interviews since Arteta's taken over, how much they like working under him. Um, but it's just a massive just confidence boost for the team, I feel like, to see a game yeah. out away at Old Trafford against a team who has a lot of attacking talent. To see a game out, keep that clean sheet. And just keep it tight at the back and see it out. You know, I'm not going to say I felt the same way. I was shitting my pants um, yeah. that <laughs> for that last 15 minutes, especially when that weird deflected cross bounced off of Burnt Leno's Arsenal's goalkeepers, his bounced off of his forehead, greasy forehead onto his the beautiful post. Germanian oh. forehead. Oh my just, god! I was like my buddy Braden, who's a um. A Chelsea fan, he texted me. He's like, he clinching pretty hard right now. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, dude, it, it I was, was so nervy. close. I was so close to peeing my pants when that happened. You could hear like a little. Oh, no. Like That's in like, the bar. Uh, no. Everyone could hear it. It was All like. Right. Tim, Tim, you're not allowed to make that noise on the podcast <laughs> anymore. That's like some I mean, ASMR shit. I'm not yeah. into that. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you straight up. I was like, I mean, it was intense yeah, though. It was, it was definitely. I mean, intense. and I'll tell you what: in the last fifteen minutes of that game, though, or the majority of the second half, I cannot tell you how many times me and Nick were just like, like every time we would get like an interception, or every time we would like press and cut out some of their passing, or just shut somebody down. Literally, both of us were like, "Fuck off, fuck off." And, and I was dying laughing every time we go up for when we go up for uh, when Man United got a corner because Aaron Maguire, who is good on set pieces, very got to give him credit. He's yeah. he scores goals and from you know corners and free kicks and stuff. And you know he would go up and holding and Gabriel was just good. You know, yeah. like he didn't get you know, really get a whiff of much. And uh, every single time. You know, Nick is just like, fuck off, you square-headed bastard. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes. It's so much fun to watch a game with someone like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it no, was that just was, beautiful. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's basically the way the game ended. That basically wraps up the 90 minutes. Like, we we dominated most of the play. They had a couple chances here and there, I'm not going to lie. Um, but just in general, we, we had the best of the play. We weren't taking yeah. our chances. Finally, we get that penalty. We get the reward for our hard work. Um and then we saw the rest of the game out and it was just a massive win for Arteta. You saw the celebrations at full time. You saw his fist pump. You saw him hugging all of the players. Um, and I think that's a pretty good segue to wrap the game up and then talk about any specific, just real quick, talk about any specific players. Um, you know, there were a few I felt like had absolutely massive games um, that I think it's worth just 
chatting about a little bit. Um, Thomas Party is a little bit obvious. He won the Man of the Match award. Um, he had the most uh, ball recoveries, uh, the most tackles, um, second most tackles in the game, um, the most completed passes. Like most of our play flowed through him. He was so good at just retaining possession when he had it, but also if he lost it or if someone else lost it, he was fantastic at winning the ball back. And he was just a rock. He was just solid. He shut Pogba down. Their duel in that game was a lot of fun to watch. But, um, you know, his partner, though, I feel like comes in for a lot of praise in this game. El Nini, um, what did you like most about El Nini's performance? First of all, I would like to say that Your I baby boy been, El Nini. I've been, I've just, <laughs> I have been impressed with El Nini since him coming back from loan yeah from on loan because i think he has played really well and i think he has showed um he's shown just an evolution in his game mm. i think he is playing better and part of that it's just because i think he's a little bit older i think he's a little bit mature yeah. and i think he realized he needed to add some stuff to his game and he did a little bit i think he tries to play the ball forward a lot yeah i think he is still really conservative but you know, we, we talked about this earlier today. He has this great little, you know, pass that he does out to the right side where it's he yes. gets the ball from the center back and it's a one-time little boom, straight out, great pace, bam, straight to the right back. And it helps us break the press so much. It helps us play it out from the back and get the ball moving really good. Yeah. You know, it, it helps so much. But his running was great. You know, his movement was really good. And you, it's like, what fan of any club isn't going to be absolutely on their feet, cheering as loud as they can when they, in the 92nd minute of a one nil massively contested, like it's a huge game for your club to see him pressing the way he did and making Lindelof and Shaw just look like jokes and dribbling the ball out of bounds. I mean, it's incredible. Like the amount of stamina that guy has, and you see it the whole game. He's running, you know, the amount of sprints he's doing. It's yeah. it's just, you know, that's why I like when we talked about it before the game started with him starting with Partey. I was like, they're both really athletic. Like they're the yeah. engine that both of them have is big time. Yeah. And if you have somebody like El Nini, who can match the running that Partey can do, and he's super available, he's super conservative. Yeah, I think he passed in like the you know like a little bit over ninety percent completed yeah. his passes. Every pass that was pinged into him, he won possession of it, and he never lost possession in any tackles that were on him. Wow! So you get is he, so his technical security in the game was really good. It's like I just feel like it's it gets overlooked because it he's not a flashy player. He's not yeah. dribbling people. He's not making those like line cutting you know, defense splitting passes. He's doing the hard running. He's doing the the passing. He's being available. And his technical security, I think, has risen since we bought him to the point where it's like people are putting the ball into his feet in a lot of different situations, and he's not losing possession. He's keeping possession of the ball. Yeah, so Elneny had a great game, I think, um, you know, showed a lot of different aspects of what he can do. So, uh, I don't know. We played really well defensively. So, what did you think about how we were set up, how everybody played? Yeah, I think, like we've already touched on, the fact that it was a back four um, instead of a back three was really interesting. That shows the faith that Arteta's got in Gabriel. It shows just how he has hit the ground running. 
it is just he's he's just an immense signing. He's a massive yeah. signing. Um, you know, you look at the money other teams, Man United included, have paid for their top center backs and what we paid for this guy, and it's just there's a huge difference. You look at the difference in like <laughs> yeah. Harry Maguire and Gabrielle and the way that they can defend, the way they can move around the pitch, the way they command their box, and the way they command one v one duels. It's really encouraging. And we also touched on it earlier. Rob Holding, you know, I it's such a cool story for him uh, to come back onto the same pitch he tore his ACL on two years ago and just have a a really good game. He looked very solid on the ball. His passing was good. Um, But then also, I think he had more clearances than anyone else in the game, even more than Gabrielle. Um, So they both just, you know, Holding led the team in clearances. Gabrielle led the team in tackles. It's just the kind of shit you want from your center backs. And it feels really good to be talking not only about an away win at the big six at Old Trafford, but just to be talking about a performance from two Arsenal center backs, that was just <clears throat> top, top level, top quality. And, you know, a, apart from the the center back pairing, our, our fullbacks played well. Bellerin, yeah. like we said, he, he finally feels like he's getting back to his best offensively and what he may have lost in speed. He is made up for in just technical quality and his passing and all that sort of stuff. So I just, there's so much to be encouraged about that midfield, the spine of the team, the midfield, like you said, with, with party and El Nini, especially, um, with holding and Gabrielle, um, we'll see what, you know, Arteta does when David Luiz is back fit. It was just a very encouraging thing. It was an encouraging performance all around. It was just, oh, it felt so good to finally play well, get the result that we needed get the result that we deserved. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure. Do you, did you want to touch on any other players or do you want to just kind of wrap it up there? I mean, I think the only other thing I want to say about our defensive performance is that, mm. you know, under Unai Emery and even like under Wenger, you know, we would have some solid defensive performances every now and again. Yeah. But they felt like flukes, you know, or it just, or it just kind of felt like an anomaly almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, Oh, we kept a clean sheet or whole, you know, like, and you look at, I mean, dude, you look at our stats under Emery, which I don't want to relive any of that kind of stuff, but I think <laughs> it's worth repeating in light of what happened, you know, yesterday is, you know, you look at, how many away games we didn't win. We yeah. lost so many away games where we drew, you know, we didn't even draw that many. We like, won we four terrible. away games all season in Emory's last season. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, I don't know. That's difficult. It's yeah. difficult to ha- build a platform to succeed and to win, you know, important things when, when you're playing that way. So for us, you know, like you look at Gabriel, and even holding to a smaller extent, I mean, he has played almost every Premier League game this season, but like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a fluke. They're performing like this week in and week out. And that's yeah. super, super encouraging. So more of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also important to highlight, um, you know, a lot of times, like you said, we'd have a clean sheet under Unai Emery and it would feel like an anomaly because their other team had a high XG, their expected goals, you know. Um, we kind of, you know, got lucky not to concede if we ever did keep a clean sheet under him. But statistically, you look at this season so far, um, Arsenal have the best defensive record, the number one defensive record in the Premier League. And if you look at that in the context of who we have played so far, having played Liverpool away, Man City away, and now Man United away, and Leicester at home, like, that's massive. You know, that that is four of the sort of, you know, top six teams, top six, seven teams in the country 
Um, three of those games have been away. We've had a, such a tough schedule and we've kept clean sheets. We've conceded the least amount of goals. Um, yeah. And so it's just really encouraging uh, that the spine of the team just finally seems to be um, solidified. And, you know, we'll see. We still need to take more chances. We created chances this game and we didn't take as many as we should have. So there's still work to be done. It's not all roses. It's not a 100% perfect performance. Um, but, you know, these it's just nice that these signs that we have seen of just progression under Arteta, not only last season, but this season, they finally got rewarded um, uh, against uh, Man United at Old Trafford. We yeah. fucking won, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, do you uh, want to say anything else about this game, about just the way that, that that game went down, the way that game ended? Any other player performances you wanted to highlight? I don't know. I think we've kind of done what we can. I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just yeah. happy we went there and won. And I think it gives us a, you know, a good chance of building up towards the next couple games we got coming forward. Yeah, because it doesn't get, uh, it gets a little easier. It doesn't get a whole lot easier um, in the Premier League. Um, we've got Aston Villa at home next. Then we've got Leeds after the international break. Then we've got Wolves, and then we've got Tottenham. So we've got, you know, four pretty tricky games. I think Leeds have been a, a very good side since their promotion. Aston Villa have surprised a lot of people this season. We've also got a couple, um, what do you call it, Europa League games thrown in between some of those. But um, but yeah, our next home game, our, our next game is at home against Aston Villa um, next Sunday. Um, and so, yeah, I guess we can leave this one there um, and look forward to that one. So the schedule doesn't get too much easier. Um, but hopefully this, this result will just sort of give the team a lot of confidence. Um, so Timothy, unless you've got anything else, um, we can go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I did want to mention, you know, just before we said bye, it's kind of feels cliche, the kind of typical stuff that podcasts or social media type stuff say, but, um, you know, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review, um, you know, don't leave us a one-star review. Leave us a five-star review. If you don't think it's five stars, which I couldn't blame you if you didn't. Um, then just don't then leave just a review. Don't leave a review, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so only only good stuff, hopefully, on there. You know, we're on Spotify as well, so click uh, the follow button on there. That'd be great. Um, we're on Twitter, um, and we're on Instagram at Cannon Fodder Pod on both of those. Um, I believe Twitter's actually Pod Cannon Fodder. Um, I had to play with the, the named, actually, because a lot of the stuff was taken. Please, please, please leave us a review. That helps us big time. Um, yeah. Kind of get a little bit further up and get a little bit more seen. So if you are enjoying what we're doing, hit us up on social media and let us know and leave us a review. It's massive for us. Yeah, and just word of mouth. Tell your friends, even if yeah. they're not Arsenal fans, if they're Premier League fans, if you think tell they'd be interested. Tell your mother. Tell your mother. Tell your granny. Tell your father. Uh, tell your daughter. Tell your dog. Um, you know, just uh, tell them all. Tell them all. Um, but... Yeah. Great game. Uh, hopefully a great pod. I had fun recording it, Tim. Um, but yeah, we will uh, we'll definitely talk to you guys next week after we demolish Aston Villa. I can't wait to see Thomas Party walk all over Jack Grealish. But anyways, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.